The next guest on the Mindful You podcast, I have known her for over 50 years. I met her with Warner Earhart's organization, and she was my trainer, my mentor, my teacher, who really accelerated my growth in the area of public speaking. Marcia has been involved in transformational organizations her entire life. She has been on stage. She has been speaking in front of thousands and thousands of people. And she has been in the mindfulness journey. And one of the things I really enjoy, and one of her real wonderful skill sets, is being able to take the concepts, these abstract concepts of mindfulness, and be able to articulate them in a way that is so clear and so beneficial. So I'm happy and excited and proud and honored to welcome Marsha Martin to the Mindful You podcast. Marsha, welcome to the Mindful You podcast. I am I am moved to tears to be with you today because you have had a profound uh, impact on my life. And to have an opportunity to have you share that impact with the Mindful You audience to give them a taste of, of, your, of your light I'll say the brightness of your light to create the transformational experiences across the board. Everywhere you touch, bright lights appear. Uh, and so I'm just pleased to, to have this, this light shine out today. Uh, it, it just uh, gives, me, gives me tingles, Marcia. I got, I got tingles in my body right now. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you, Alan. I am honored to be here. And I'm touched as deeply. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, one of the things that I want to uh, say is I, I remember over 50 years ago. Yes. That's <laughs> Let's five zero. 50 part. Yeah. yeah. That's five zero years ago. That's over five zero years ago. I'm sitting in a seminar training on California Street with Werner Earhart, so Werner Earhart. And there you are, up on stage and teaching everybody how to become mindful and present and grounded and authentic sharing of experiences. And and I re and I remember that 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 uh, that igniting of something inside me uh, that allowed me to press through my fears, allowed me to earn my living for the last forty years in public speaking. So whatever that power of the unicorn light is, Marcia, I'd like you just to share a little bit, a little bit, and your journey is whew, 
<laughs> we've got a little bit here of the of 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 mindfulness and the journey of mindfulness and the journey of transformation the path that you've been walking uh for the last you know even before 60s 70s amount you you're talked about your mom involved and so that's like you've, you've been involved in mindfulness for a long 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 time you're a, you're a, def, definitely a journey a journey woman the long, 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 long journey. <laughs> yes. Yes. So would you like me to share a bit? Yes, I would like you to to share, to share a little bit, to to inspire us with, because there's not, I don't know anybody who's had a journey like yours. <clears throat> and so that is a uh, something to be shared and acknowledged. My journey is very unique, and I feel very blessed totally blessed to have my life. So first of all, when I was a child and growing up and in grade school and high school and college, for some reason, there was always that light that you talk about. And people always noticed it. And I was a star. And I think part of that came from I just knew who I was. Maybe it's because when I was 12, I read Atlas Shrugged. What 12-year-old reads Atlas Shrugged? (laughs) But I did, and I learned about Dagny Haggard and being independent. And then maybe it was because there was so much pain in my family and so much anger and breakdown between my parents. All I wanted to do was to have people love each other. And I kind of took that on as a personal job to make sure that people knew how wonderful they were and and their perfection and to be included and to be acknowledged And it just was part of who I was. And then when I was in my late teens, my uh, distant cousin, who we called Aunt Gladys, I became an intern with her. And she was a shamanic um, shaman, an esoteric astrologist, and a healer and clairvoyant. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what any of that really meant at the time. I just knew she was lovely. And she taught me how to meditate. And she taught me how to heal, not just myself, but others. She taught me about the mysteries of life and all the world religions and all the great philosophers and masters. She said that God was the same for everyone. It would always be the same, but that each had an individual way of approaching God. And so I should learn all the religions so that I knew how God was for each of them. So that was extraordinary as, you know, an 18-year-old girl. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable, that kind of wisdom. And she said that I was a light worker. So I love that you bring that up and that my purpose in life was to spread love, which had been what I had decided from being a young girl is what I wanted to do. So it all seemed perfection. And from that moment of learning about the mysteries and the mystics and um, mysticism and all of the things that make energy and light and and how my mind works and how my emotions work and and what it means to be an effective human being were a lot of what she taught me in the healing process and how to channel light and how to channel healing and how to be present. So I think from that point, I just kind of was in the right place at the right time the rest of my life. And as you know, as we were there at the very beginning of EST, which before EST 
was Mind Dynamics, and then S became the Landmark Forum, so the largest personal development um, educational company in the entire world. I came when there were just 20 of us in the very first seminar, and Werner led our seminar two weekends. And what I realized was that he was sharing and teaching people the masses, that this would get to a lot of people, the things that I had individually learned from my aunt about my inner power, about my sense of responsibility, about about my ability and really job to contribute to the world and to make this a better place, about being present, about how my mind works, about who I am as a human being and how I can be more effective and about transformation, about how do you take a person through their fears and allow them to see who they really are and come from that inner source power of where they're connected with all the universe into the world to make a real difference. And so there I was, one of 20 people, young people in this seminar (laughs) learning, and I just knew this was my work, and Werner hired me. And I started, and for the next 10 years, during that time, I became the senior vice president of S, which later became Landmark Forum. I ran the guest seminar leaders training. I ran the production um, of events. I ran the promotion of events. I ran the sales and marketing of the company. I trained the trainers and the guest seminar leaders in how to sell and communicate and bring people into the training. And I created the systems of really allowing the guest seminars to work and for graduates to share the training with their friends. And that was an extraordinary 10 years. So from there, of course, um, everything's right. from that. Right, right. The, 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 the energy that was generated by, yeah. by Werner, uh, it, it was like a like a, a geyser, like you're on top of a geyser and the geyser is going up and you're like, <laughs> no, no, ride, riding the wave of energy. And, and once you get to that energy, you can sort of look out and see all these different opportunities uh, that other people can't see. Uh, and- yeah. And I think also, Alan, it's not just like a geyser. It's more like a holo where it comes back on itself so that the energy that's, you know, really coming from the top of the pile, which Werner was allowing a space for us to be, to learn and grow, that came up. But then our energy flowed out and around and became the base of what the next level was. So it was really an extraordinary experience. Well, that was, it it, it was an extraordinary experience and and it's the foundation of which I have, I have built that are, are, it, it gives you the pillars. At least mm-hmm. you know the pillars of integrity. Uh, you know the pillars of responsibility. You you know the pillars of compassion. You you know whether you are able to achieve the pillars all the time, <laughs> but you know these pillars exist, um, uh, and and that gives you a an operating manual that give you uh, how how do you how, in, in your analogy I love which is riding the raft. Uh, share with yes. people riding the raft. I was so, it's, it's a beautiful metaphor yeah. of, of life. I think life is a lot like surfing. And it's like a surfboard where, you know, the ocean has its own way of showing up. 
And a lot of people try to change their circumstances, but really what you want to change is how you respond to your circumstances. That gives you more power. So if you think of yourself on a surfboard and then you think, you know, I got to stay in present time here because if the waves are high and we're crashing through whatever, then I better hold on and I better kind of know where I'm going and I better be in present time. I better not start saying, well, how come that happened and who's to blame for that? And, you know, pretty soon you crash off the surfboard and it's really hold on and do what's appropriate. Be in present time and, you know, handle what's next. And you can't handle what's next until you know where you are. So accept where you are. See what's so and then say what's next. And if you accept what's so, because it is so, whether you want it to be or not, rather than having a conversation in your head of, well, this shouldn't be so. Well, this should be something different. (laughs) Well, I wish it wasn't. But just to deal with what is and then go from there. I think that that's something that will help people in their daily lives. Oh, and I wanted to say, too, that I notice in all of the thousands and thousands, I've trained over 300,000 people now around the world. And people want to kind of um, change what's happening or not look at it or then say it's good or it's bad. And how I say is, you know, well, that's one way to look at it, but it's not the most workable way. It doesn't produce the best result. Why don't you just look at something the way it is as it is this way, not it's good or bad. So if you happen to get a a day where you have lots of challenges, it's not a day that's bad. It's a day that has lots of challenges. And so you would operate differently when you have certain challenges than when you have others. But you don't need to go into a bad mood and say it's a bad day. Because when you're on the surfboard, you don't say this is a bad wave. It's just easier high wave or low wave, and then you act appropriately. Absolutely matches everything that I have experienced in in my journey, uh, and the the uh, it, it, it's you you said so many diamonds in there. It's like uh, what diamond are we going to look at now? Well, let's see. Uh, we have the you need to be present, a uh, present time. So I want to shift that over to. Whether you are a teacher, whether you are a salesperson, whether you are a meditator, whether you are you able, how how do you keep the instrument and the mind, which is like writing what writing and writing in the instrument, uh, how do you keep the mind still and present so it anchors itself in present time? Excellent, big question. Well, first of all, I would say to all people who are asking that question of themselves that to know that it's a process and it's a discipline. And like any great skill that you want to learn, you need to practice. And there are two ways as a human being that we learn. One is the mind learns through information. So you understand things. And that's an important way of learning. The other way that you learn is through your body. And your body learns differently than your mind does. Your body learns by practicing. It has to do the thing. That's why we say embodiment. When you've embodied a skill, you have it in your body. And how you do that is you practice. If you want to play the piano, you don't start off playing Chopin or Beethoven. You start off playing chopsticks. 
And you have to practice and you practice and you practice and you practice. And pretty soon your body learns how to play the piano. Now, before your body learned how to play the piano, somebody could have sat you down and told you all of the rules of playing the piano. And you would have understood all of those rules and they would have shown you and taught you and given you books on how to read music. But all that understanding wouldn't have produced you actually playing the piano. It would have produced you understanding how to play the piano. So one has to do it. And do it is a discipline. And do it means disciplined and practice. And so if you want to have a skill set of being able to be grounded, be still, be in present time, it's something that one must practice. And so meditation is a good way to practice. It's just, you know, if you're going to play the piano, you probably should learn chopsticks and play it a few hours a week. If you're going to learn how to be grounded and to be in present time, then you need to practice being still. And when you first practice being still, when you close your eyes and you kind of go into that place where everything is still, you find out it's not so still. It's crazy and your mind is screaming at you and you have all these thoughts and it's raging. And that's why we have to practice to be able to say, okay, settle down, take a deep breath, let the conversation in my mind go, focus on now, focus on here, focus on an image of something, and practice being in that state for maybe you could do it for 30 seconds, and then the next time you can do it for a minute. And as you build that skill, then you'll be able to manage yourself and come from that place. The uh, how sweet it is, <laughs> how sweet it is. Uh, uh, oh, and I'd like to add something too, Alan, to that is I think people think that being in present time means that you're here, out here with this world. You know, there are many worlds. We have the invisible world where we imagine things. But when we're imagining things, we're still in present time. It's when we're distracted and we let ourselves go, like kind of back to something or forward in something when and, and act as if the back, the past is something that is making us do something now or the future is something to worry about. We can go into our inner world and be in present time while we look at our past. That's different than getting caught up in something and being out of present time. But being in present time is the key. It's a big key. And being centered is a big key. And centered is like when you're, you think of it as a boat going down the river and you're driving the boat. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it, you are not in control of the river. You can't change the river. Stop trying to change the river. Stop trying to change circumstances. Stop trying to change the man that you live with. Stop trying to change your kids. Stop trying to change the fact that you got a promotion or you got fired. It is what it is. Now, what you can do, though, is you can either be centered or off-centered or off-center while you're in the boat going down the river. And some things in the river will throw you off-center. So before you act, a good lesson, a good mantra, a good practice is to get centered first before you take the next action. Center first, then act. So know you're going to be thrown off center. Whoa, 
You know, I'm off balance. I'm upset. I'm angry. I'm, I'm resentful. I'm mad. I'm, well, that's off center. Center is you're open, present and connected. So if you're not open, present and connected, we say you're off center. When you notice you're not centered, get yourself back to center first, then respond to the environment. If you don't get centered first, what you'll do is react to the environment because what being off-centered is means you're triggered and you're off in some other world of some other event that happened in your life that now got triggered and you're acting out those old behaviors. So you want to kind of come back from that, get yourself back in present time, open and connected before you take an action, before you speak, before you respond, before you push send, like that. Woohoo! Okay. So it's so it's so clean, Marcia. It's so clean. <laughs> it's uh, it's like that that knife that just goes woo right in and touches your heart. Uh but it's done with love. It's just it's so clean the way you speak. It's just a uh, whoo. Uh, it gives me tingles. It gets, it gets tingles. I want to I want to I, I want to go down one of the words that she said uh, and it, it had to do with observation of the thoughts um, and meditation yeah. is being able to take all the scattering of the thoughts and, and, and begin to realize that there's a space mm. between the thoughts. And it's like aerating, you're able to aerate the thoughts and all of a sudden those thoughts are connected with the ego. And as I aerate the thoughts the the, the need to react because my ego has been offended, seems to have been reduced, and pretty soon there are no thoughts. It's just an empty space of everything just is. And so mm-hmm. observation is one of the words that Werner talked a lot about. O- observation of what's going on right now, and I'd like you just to take us down a little path of, of the importance of observation of your thoughts. Okay. Well, first of all, let's all acknowledge that we all have that little inner voice you know, that's back there debating. And it can debate both sides of the argument. It can debate how great you are and tell you how wonderful everything is. And in a split second, it can also debate that you are a jerk and tell you how, you know, (laughs) you are and and things aren't working. And it is a voice. It is a combination of conversations that you're having with yourself that are just kind of in the background. And we say to observe those conversations and at the same time to observe the feelings that they trigger in your body because you have your mind and your body and although they're separate, they're connected and one will trigger the other. If you think a thought, I just failed, that thought triggers your body and you'll just notice when you have that kind of a thought, yes, your body just kind of slumps automatically. It's really hard to have this body that feels so energetic and to say something like, life sucks. It's not congruent. It doesn't work that way. It feels wrong. So your your body and your mind stay in congruency with each other. So your thoughts will trigger a feeling in your body, and the feeling also will trigger a thought. So if you can observe those two worlds what is the thought that's going through my mind? And consider it's not you, because it can't be, you're listening. If it's just a thought, what is the thought? Is it a productive thought? Does it cause something to happen that you want to have happen? And if it doesn't, and it isn't, 
well, then stop that thought and create another thought. <laughs> now, sometimes that's hard. And I love this um, analogy. And I think it was Deepak Chopra who said this, but I'm not sure. Um, they said that your mind is like a raging ocean, but the ocean can be raging one second and in another total different moment be still as ice. And as smooth, you've been maybe in Hawaii or one of the great islands where the moon is out at night and the ocean is so still, or you've maybe gone sailing. I used to have a 50-foot sailboat and, you know, we took it between islands in Hawaii and there were 30-foot seas sometimes. (laughs) And it was really scary. It was just raging. Well, think about if you have a thought. And remember, everything starts from a thought. So if you're going to create anything in reality, in the dream world, you have to have an image, a feeling, and a thought first, a dream. So that thought is an important part of creation. Now, if you take your thought and pretend like it's a, um, well, let's say it's the shape of an Empire State Building. Well, if you threw the Empire State Building into a raging ocean, you wouldn't even notice what it did to the ocean. There wouldn't be anything that you could have a distinction of, oh, that's what the Empire State Building is causing the ripple. And that's the other ripple is coming from the raging of the ocean. It would all just be muddled. But if you have a real still ocean, you can take a little pea and throw it into that ocean and you'll see the ripples. And what that says to you is that If you want to create, you need a still mind. You need to be able to throw a thought into the abyss of your mind and create it and not have it get lost in all the raging of all your other thoughts. So it's really important for you to learn how to discipline your mind. And most people's minds, they're juvenile delinquents. Oh, my God. They've like never been trained. And so they just like take off and, and try to lead you where perhaps you shouldn't go. And you need to be the master of your mind. So being still and meditating, even if it's five minutes a day or five minutes a week, is necessary to get to that place that you're talking about where you're grounded and you're in present time. The more you can do that skill or that practice, the more skill you'll have about being able to be present in here now. Ah, I, <laughs> I, 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 I liked uh, you. You introduced the term uh, dream, uh, and. I find that there's an analogy here that most people, when they dream, wake up the next day, oh, I had some dreams, and the dreams fade away. But once in a while, you're dreaming and you wake up in the dream, and you realize that I I have a lucid dream. And and I suspect mm. that what you're talking about of of mindfulness and presence and groundedness and catching the thought it's like waking up from the dream of thought to realize that wait a minute whoa uh, mootsy talks about the 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 erasing of the clouds you see the blue sky Uh, the clouds are the thoughts and if you can erase the clouds you can erase the thoughts you can create the pauses 
between the sounds that you speak, it it aerates things. And and that and, and to me, when you aerate, it reduces the resistance to whatever it is that you are you are. It flows through you because you've been practicing aeration. Um, and so that's yes. one of the analogies that I use is to to understand what you're saying, because it's absolutely the truth. It's absolutely, well, I love that. everything you said is 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 is, uh, is golden rule kind of stuff. Uh, it, Thank you. Alan. It, no, it, 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 and this is important to understand that uh, what you're saying is and so well done too. That's 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 the clean part I like. It was like, oh, it's it's it, you you've polished the the ability to um, articulate the the unlimited, the articulate the the space, uh, and and people may have touched it, but not a lot of people can articulate it. And you, young lady. Uh, have the ability to art, to articulate the infinite in a way that 300 400,000 people are just magnetized to your ability to 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 shine that 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 articulation light is like it's wonderful so it's uh, we're 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 reaching the end of hopefully a many many podcasts to come uh, and yes, we are. And I, I would love to just throw one other uh, pearl in here, if I could. You know, when we <laughs> say, who are you? <laughs> when I, you know, I, I do lots of trainings all over the world, as you know, and, and usually I'll have people stand up and introduce themselves. And it, if I just say, introduce yourself, they will stand up and tell me about their past. That's what how people hold who they are. Most people consider who they are as their past. I was born here. I went to school there. Then I did this. Then I got a job. Then I got married. Then I, you know, you, you tell a story of your past and that's how they introduce themselves. Well, there is a there are many ways you could consider who you are. And some ways I find work better than others. And one way is to consider who you are as a vibration. And a vibration is um, can be a high or low kind of thing. And thoughts and feelings create different vibrations. Just like keys on a piano, you have low keys that, pl- proves, that play low note sounds and then high keys that play high note sounds. And it's not that one is better than the other. It's just that one produces a different result. You know, you get the beat and the rhythm with one. You get the tone and the melody with another, perhaps. So if you consider who you are as a vibration, then consider what vibration am I vibrating at? Am I at enthusiasm or am I at grief? Am I at contentment? Am I at love or am I at anger? Am I at uh, anxiousness? Am I at shame? So we can we know which vibrations, emotions are higher than others. And so it's a real easy thing to consider that your emotions are your guidance system. And your guidance system says you're either feeling good or you're feeling bad. You're either at a high vibration or you're at a low vibration. And if you're at a high vibration, keep going. And if you're at a low vibration, stop that and get a different vibration. And it's kind of like following the breadcrumbs. When you look at whatever thought you're having, if that thought makes you feel a low vibration, then stop that thought and get another thought. If you're acting and doing something and it makes you feel badly, then stop doing that and do something that makes you feel good. Keep your vibration high. 
Because the end of that and why you want to do that is that like vibrations attract like vibrations. So whatever vibration you're operating at will attract to you the same kinds of vibrations that are in resources, relationships, circumstances, situations, adventures, opportunities, possibilities. So if you want to attract to yourself those kinds of resources, you have to stay high as a vibrational being. And I think it's an easy thing to do when you consider, oh, who am I? I'm a vibration. Well, what am I being today? High vibration, low vibration. Mm. That's a, that, that, that's a that's that's a really pretty pearl. You know, that's that's a, that's that's a really a beautiful one. That's very very nice. That's a, it's try trying to clearly the ability to articulate a, a a metaphor or an analogy in order to explain something very abstract is is a is a, is a rare skill set and that makes you a unicorn so i'm i'm just i'm just excited to be able to have a guest on the mindful you podcast of of a unicorn quality Uh, it's like a a gem marcia you are you are a fountain of of uh, light and love and compassion and it's just a it's just a joy a blissful be able to exchange energy to to exchange vibrations back and forth across the space in the form of words um because you are definitely high vibration and just it brings people up it inspires people uh, and and that's a wonderful gift that that you bring to the world thank you so much alan it's been such a pleasure having this conversation with you i'm just really honored to be here well i enjoyed it and and if people want to contact you, people want to connect with you. How do people connect to Marsha Martin? Go to my website, marshamartin.com, and you can uh, get on my newsletter and in my email list so that I can give you information. And I also have a training program that's more like a library of workshops and seminars that's $10 a month, so no big expense, but great value if you go to marshamartinclub.com. Wonderful. And Marsha Martin is M-A-R-C-I-A-M-A-R-T-I-N. Wonderful. And all that information will be in the show notes. So all the contact information is all is all there. So, Marsha, once again, thank you very much for being on the Mindful You podcast. It's been a pleasure. And I look forward to opportunities to bring the light back again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Alan. Bye. Thank you for listening. And please catch us on the next great episode of the Mindful You podcast. And please share us with your friends and fellow travelers on the path.